Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the office of Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse. How are you doing today, Sheriff? Doing great, how are you? I am warm. Yes, sir. And I am happy that snow and ice are gone. Us too, believe me. And so that's what we want to talk about today. There's, just like everything else, shut down and stopped last week. It's kind of like crime did as well. Yes. Um, during the snow and the ice last week. So let's start with, tell me about the stats. Since we met two weeks ago, uh, the jails booked in 89 individuals, 24 females, 65 males. Um, our average so far this year has been 378. There's 380 in custody today. 90 of those are uh, contract inmates, either Rockwall, Smith County, Marshalls, or Van Zandt County. Okay, so the numbers in the jail are pretty normal, but those arrest numbers are way lower than would normally be, and that makes perfect sense um, because last week, I guess the uh, bad guys and the criminals were stuck at home too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We uh, um, <clears throat> Basically, the numbers are basically in half. Um, and pretty much what we did last week was uh, check on people, um, receive calls uh, for people wanting us to check welfare of people who didn't have water, didn't have electricity, or uh, also people running off on the side of the road trying to get them back up and running um, and working crashes with DPS. So there's, there's, for you last week, there were basically two big sides of this question, these sides of this issue. And number one was the public, what you just described. And number two is you've got 300, almost 400 people in jail and you lose water. Yes, sir. And so we have two different, uh, two different aspects to talk about. So let's first talk about the public side of it and dealing with all of those. Um, you're a big part, obviously, of the emergency management team for Henderson County. What is it that you do or you think about or you worry about when you have a situation like last week? Um, first off is just trying, of course, uh, we stood up at a level one, which is basically the uh, emergency operations center was stood up and manned 24 hours a day, um, us in the fire marshal's office and the county judge. And uh, <clears throat> basically, we just start going through and running scenarios down and basically saying, what are the needs? What are the needs in Henderson County? Um, and at first, the first part of the week was basically everybody had lost electricity. Well, the county judge stayed in contact with the electric companies, giving us information on how all that was going. And then a couple days in is when everybody started losing water and the water system started failing. And then, you know, so uh, we started thinking about how can we help with that situation and started working with the water companies to see how how bad their systems were. Um, luckily, here at the jail, we never lost electricity. Um, but if we had it, we would have been okay. We've got a, uh emergency generator. We would have just swapped over to it. Um, but when we lost water here, it became a, a major issue here in the jail. So when we talk about the EOC and you've got deputies now out trying to do, um, take care of folks, I, for those who don't know, I spent three years in Alaska, plus I come from the Northeast. Um, driving on these kinds of roads are, are pretty much second nature to me at this point. 
Um, but for you Texans, it ain't like that. <laughs> no, sir. I'll be honest with you. I was actually leaving the office and pulling out my deputies, pulling out citizens. Um, we did learn that the uh, Tahoes that we have, they're great patrol cars. They are not snow vehicles. <laughs> they will get stuck in a hurry in large amount of snow. Um, so, I mean, we all learned a lot of lessons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, so I'm looking back, and I know that there are people who were without water, without um, electricity, people who got stuck on the side of the road. Was it, were, were there any really major situations, any real life-threatening situations or, or bad outcomes? We actually had one um, truly bad um, situation. We had a dementia patient that wandered out of the house, and uh, he he passed. And but that was the only one that we know of um, that was weather related. Um, he wandered out in the middle of the night. Nobody knew he had wandered out. And in the morning, in the morning, they realized he was gone, and then found him outside. That's heartbreaking. That is truly heartbreaking. Um, so, I, and I hadn't heard that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just got me there for a second. That is heartbreaking. Um, that was the that was the one really bad outcome in the county, though. Yes. Okay. In the jail, I know that the big problem became water. You have 400-ish, almost 400 um People back there, inmates back there, plus obviously all the jailers who are there right. taking care of them. What's the process? What do you do when you, when you don't? I know how hard it was in my house before to not have water. What do you do when you have four hundred? <clears throat> basically, what we when we first lost water, um, we lost it for basically less than twenty four hours. Um, so once we started getting trickles of water, um, we were going. We were able to go around to the cells and run crews. Um, and basically be able to just start focusing on flushing toilets and making sure everything was okay. Then we lost water again for an extended period of time. Um, so we contacted the local Merkson uh, Fire Department. It uh, was a real big help. They brought us a, a truck with 500 gallons of water. We started flushing uh, toilets with that. Um, we went through a 1,000 gallons within a couple of hours, so they decided to... Their 500-gallon uh, tanker wasn't going to be enough for us, so they brought us a trailer that held 6,500 gallons of water. So I was able to basically just run a crew throughout the jail and just start flushing toilets. Um, and people really don't realize how big this facility is. There's you know, probably 170 toilets throughout the building. So they were just basically on a rotation cycle, just kind of like our cleaning crew. Their job is to make sure the toilet stayed flushed. And then um, it was a few hours after we started uh, getting all that going and everything was kind of getting back to where we could actually handle it. Then the water pressure came back, which was thankful. Well, that makes it great for flushing toilets, but you're on a boil water notice. Obviously, you can't yes. boil water for 400 people. I mean, how do you how do you get them water? <clears throat> yes. Uh, uh, Whenever the water first went down, um, we were able to get in touch with Hope Springs. Uh, that really worried me. We started calculating the math, and just just to be able to serve them um, food, we were going to need 
a thousand bottles of water a day just for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, we were able to contact Hope Springs. They were a lifesaver, brought us 4,000 bottles of water within an hour, and that got us up and running. And then we were able to reach out to the state, put in a star request through the EOC, and uh, they brought us pallets of water to get us through the entire bowl notice, um, which is how we're still doing it now. But, uh, you know, at first we were basically having to conserve as much. We would give them a bottle of water uh, when they were fed, and then at 10 o'clock at night at bedtime we'd give them an extra bottle of water. Now we're giving them five bottles of water a day um, to get through the bowl water notice. But, uh, and then the kitchen, you know, we didn't have any water coming in the system, so they were actually having to use some of the bottled water to cook with. And, uh, but Hope Springs really saved the day to get us up and running and give us time to find water throughout the state. So in Texas, I know you go through the, the, the EOC meets and they talk about different things and they plan for different events. And I know things like um, tornadoes, way high up the list for 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 Texas floods yes those are the kind of things you expect those are the kinds of things that you plan for how had you ever actually planned what are we going to do if Henderson County turns to an ice skating rink for a whole week we really to be honest with you that really wasn't on our radar um, it, it, it doesn't happen here we we've gotten snow before usually gone within 24 or 48 hours and you know the, the weather's back up to 70 degrees whenever you have a full week of it um, you know that's something that is you know we will plan for in the future now um, but we, our main concerns at the EOC are floods and tornadoes here in Henderson County I mean that's really what and then and to think about those kind of those kind of natural disasters those kind of natural disasters are sort of um, um, location specific. Yes. You don't expect a tornado to come in and tear up all of Henderson County. You expect one to come through and do specific damage in a specific area. How do we respond to that? Right. This was a natural disaster that hit the entire county. Um, I think at one point I counted 22 water utilities in Henderson County under a boil water notice. Yes, yes. And uh, <clears throat> another thing that was really, really tricky through the EOC, uh, you know, people were without water, they were without heat and electricity. And we were able to successfully, uh, able to get up three warming shelters for Henderson County throughout. We had uh, one in Athens, um, one in Murchison, and one in Trinidad. Um, but finding those locations was difficult. Um, there wasn't a lot, uh, you know, right off the bat, the school said, hey, you can use our buildings. Great. You know, we put them down. And then when the storm hit, do you have a backup generator? Nobody really has a backup generator. So finding the buildings that were up and running where we able, were able to use uh, Markson ISD, um, Disciples Crossing, and then a church over in Trinidad. And, uh, but that took us probably 12 hours to find three locations throughout the county to be able to use for warming shelters. And uh, um, we just closed them down, 
my days are all running together. We closed them down Monday. So, and the important thing about that is, is there's those rules that are in effect for you at the EOC that you have to have before you can open one up. It's like you can't go to a church and just, like a church can open up. Yes. But you can't officially open up a government sanctioned, this is the warming center, unless it follows a bunch of rules, and especially the one of, you got to have a backup generator, because God forbid you get 100 or 150 people in a warming shelter and the power goes out. What do you do then? Yes. Um, so I understand the rules for all of that. Um, the other part of that, and the other thing that, that happened during that, that I don't think anybody expected, was 911 went out. Yes, yes, 911 went out. Um, our calls got transferred to Anderson County, which is our backup. Happens from time to time. Um, you know, the girls uh, usually don't panic. Uh, they they know the system will uh, work. Anderson County will just send us our calls. But 911 went out here. It went out in Athens, went out in Gunbar. All the PSAPs here in Henderson County went out. Anderson County went out. Um, and when Anderson County went out, then Cherokee County ended up um, handling calls for everybody. And uh, uh, I really want to say thank you to them. I actually was watching some of their feeds on Facebook, and their sheriff's office was posting um, please bear with us. We're not only taking care of Cherokee County, but we're taking care of Anderson County and Henderson County too. Um, so I really felt for, I mean, I know what a normal day in our dispatch is like. I couldn't imagine uh, a day where they're answering calls for three counties. Why did it go out? Um, there was actually a, a card is that, that went out and uh, it shut the system down and they had to get a new card in. But uh, Yeah, well, and that sounds so easy today when it's, you know, 50 degrees out and there's the, the roads are dry and everything else. But in the middle of last week, actually trying to get anything anywhere was near impossible. Yes, I mean, trucks started, uh, you know, trucking companies quit, uh, quit moving products. I mean, we were worried at the EOC level. I mean, we made it. But we were really worried uh, people, you know, ran out, filled up their vehicles, filled up gas cans for generators or whatever. We started looking at, you know, possible fuel shortage, possible food shortage. Uh, and then it dried up and trucks started coming. So uh, we made it. But, um, you know, those were all hot topics in the EOC of what do we do? How do we handle this? The requests were put in at the state level for fuel, for food. Um and then it started melting off. Trucks started coming in. The request for fuel and stuff. Actually, we got one request and said, okay, we're going to be able to fill your fuel request. And we're like, send it to another part of the state. We're back up and trucks are here. We're okay. Um, are, is there any discussion now about, hey, when we get past this and we get back to normal? Because we're, we're still not there. Right. I mean, you, like, as you said, the EOC is still up and running. You're, you're just down to 12 hours, but you're still running. We still have uh, places under a boil water notice. We still have empty shelves um, in, the, in the grocery stores. Right. We're, we're still dealing with the fallout from last week. But when we get past that, is there a talk about, hey, we, we need to get together and figure out what did we learn from this past week that we need to make sure we take forward with us that we have now in the books for later? 
Yes, I mean, there's constant discussions with the fire marshal, who is the emergency management coordinator. Um, he's been over here um, for going on two weeks now, and then with the county judge's office, um, you know, we're uh, doing everything we can to to make the situation better. The, sy the system that we have set up for emergency management, it does work. Um, it's not always quick um, because you make the, make the request up to the state, and then, of course, they the problem with that was the disaster or the uh, ice was everywhere throughout the state, and they couldn't get the shipments in until the road started clearing up also. Um, so, uh, then of course, it went up all the way to the federal level, and uh, you know there were, I believe, 90 counties now that the, uh, Biden says that were uh, he signed off on as disaster areas in the state of Texas. Henderson County being one of those. Yes, Henderson County was one of those. And, and uh, luckily, I feel like a lot of that, uh, because the county judge right from the get, right out the gate, um, right before the storm, uh, right as the storm was hitting, he went ahead and signed the disaster declaration that, to get the ball rolling. Um, so, uh, you know, there were other counties around that, that waited to do that and slowed their processes down. We were able to get a... Uh, supply load of water for the jail pretty quickly and that's because the judge was on top of his game so um, but there we are talking about what we can do better next time last thing one of the things i noticed um and what i was doing last week is that for the most part it seemed to me that the public um stayed fairly positive considering what was going on uh, uh, there's always there were always some people oh, that yes. are not the best people in the room but for the most part it felt like the public um, stayed calm and stayed positive as things went on did you see that I did and actually you know just talking to people and actually talking to my family at the house I mean they learned better how to prepare themselves at their house level, um, too. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, we've got a lot of livestock, and they were actually out there to the point where we were. Uh, my wife Stacy was, uh, you know, started she, for about ten hours straight. She was melting snow to get water to her livestock. I mean, people everywhere learned things. Did they like it? No, but they will. I feel like after talking to a lot of people and a lot of families, they're going to be more prepared at, at the house level also if something comes. They're, they're going to pay more attention. Basically now when somebody says, you know, there's a winter storm coming, they're going to start thinking, okay, we need to do this, this, and this to protect our own. Sheriff, I want to thank you for giving us a little bit of time. Hopefully when we come back next week, we'll be back to normal and we'll talk about drug busts and things <laughs> yes, sir. like that. Oh, but for now... Good luck finishing things up, and thank you for everything you did last week to keep everybody safe during the storm. Yes, sir. Thank you.